0: This is episode 17 with UFC fighter Alex Volkanovsky. I'm your host, Tristan Cannell. Another great episode today. We're going to be checking out one of the rising stars of Australian MMA in featherweight, Alex the Great Volkanovsky. Alex is coming through the ranks. He's recently signed with the UFC. He has a record of 2-0 in the organization, but he's just recently fought, fought on the Mark, Hart, Mark Hunt undercard, and he was pretty impressive on that, despite the fact that he was sick. He's got a record of 15-1. 2-0 in the UFC and it's someone that similar to George Kambosis who I've had on in the, the second second episode of Talking with TK, just someone that I that's really impressed me in terms of a rising star in the Australian sport. So I really want to bring you Alex's story and where he sees himself in the future. Before we get Alex on, just a big thank you to everyone checking out the show and leaving me great reviews on iTunes, or sending me emails at tristan at talkingwithtk.com. Please get in touch with me. I'd love to hear from you or tag me on any posts on any of the social media stuff. I'm either Tristan canell or Tristan canell Fitness across Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So I've got a great show for you today. So stay tuned, kick back, relax, and enjoy the show with Alex Volkanovsky. My special guest is Alex Volkanovsky. Alex competes in the featherweight division of the UFC with a record of 15 1. He's making strong inroads in the world of MMA and has made an impressive 2 0 start to his UFC career. I welcome the great Alex Volkanovsky. Alex, welcome to Talking with TK, mate.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Alex, you know, you've just come back from Auckland. You were pretty impressive considering the different scenarios you had to go through. You know, you were pretty unwell going into the fight. Let's just have a little bit of a recap. How did you, you feel? How did you rate your performance in that fight, man?
1: Oh, it wasn't too bad. As you were saying, uh, yeah, I had a bad run leading up to the, the fight. So considering uh, the bad run I had, I'm actually yeah, I'm pretty, pretty happy with the performance. I'm usually my hardest critic, so straight after the fight. I was, uh, you know, a little bit down that I didn't get the finish and, and stuff like that, which I'm just always like that, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, I got a lot of good feedback, and which really, uh, you know, made, made me come along, so I ended up watching the footage, and it wasn't too bad, you know. But I've seen uh, – I definitely could see that uh the sickness has sort of affected me a little bit, maybe not in the performance exactly, but, um like, in situations where I had not hurt, and, uh, you know, usually I'm very persistent. If I have someone hurt, I'm going to go for the finish, but – um I definitely tried and then you know, I sort of gave up on it just purely because I was worried I was going to gasp from, you know, yeah. I may as well tell you the, the, the bad run I had. I ended up, um, the last couple of weeks, I um, was just, yeah, I was, I was crook, you know, I ended up getting the flu, Yeah. You know, I, I was catching a cold, flu, I ended up getting a bad staff infection, so Jesus. fight week, yeah, fight week I uh, was on antibiotics, I finished on antibiotics I think, uh, the day before the weigh-ins. So you can imagine... Cutting weight, plus cut, yeah, yeah, you can imagine how I was feeling. And obviously, mentally, I was thinking, oh, yeah, it's going to be tough. But, um, yeah, that's what I was worried about. I was worried about, I, I might be I might be gassing this, so I've got to look for the finish. So when, when I did go for it, you know, I was worried I was going to gas at the same time, so I had to sort of hold back and, and fight smart, which I guess it showed some composure. And, uh, yeah, so I guess that uh, showed a different side of me. So I guess it's a good
0: thing. Yeah, it's quite interesting. It's it's early on in your career, but in terms of things that can go bad before a fight, it might be good that you're actually experiencing it now. So if it ever happens again, you're not in a position where you're shitting yourself, so to say, but you know exactly what you need to do to get yourself ready for the next fight.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Just yeah, the, the confidence levels is so high at the moment because of that. So it's just uh, yeah, I can't wait to get back in there. You know, going to be fresh and you know I don't think a, a camp could go any worse than how it did. So <laughs> I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to you seeing how I go on my next performance. Yeah, Alex- but yeah, I end up catching another thing. I end up, I end up catching a cold the night before the fight as Jeez. well. Don't know, mate, I just had a, the worst <laughs> run I was up, up on my <laughs> up on my coffin. The coach wanted to kill me, but yeah. So I'm I'm usually wearing the earplugs because he's usually snoring and kicks me up. <laughs> But
0: I think he ended up meeting them in the end, so. Alex, one of the things that I, I got out of the fight was your creativity in the octagon, like spinning elbows. You know, we've always known you're an Australian champion wrestler, so that was always going to be your strength. But that creativity, was that something that you guys have been working on leading into that fight?
1: Uh, yeah, well, some of them spinning elbows is, you know, I've actually used them before in a fight. I was pretty successful, actually. I'm, I'm, i 100% with those. So yeah, very. At the moment, I think I threw like five or, you know, five or six and I've landed every single one. So, uh, but well, people are going to start, you know, catching on to it. And, but I mean, it is hard to reach. So I'm still expecting to use that. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm all about that sort of stuff. You know, we're, right. at the end of the day, we're, you know, we're fighters, you know, we're athletes, but we're entertainers as well. So, Anyway, like that's it's creativity, but I mean it, it works. Um, yeah. You know, if he didn't have a chin like he did, <laughs> most people would probably go down from somewhere else. Yeah,
0: I think you're right. Now let's take me back to the start. Okay, I know that you're Greek Macedonian, correct? Yes. But I know the nickname, the Great. I know it's Alex. But who gave it to you? When? And how did it stick?
1: Well, yeah, Alexander is uh, my actual name, like on my birth certificate and everything. But I've always been by, by Alex, and I was originally. Alex the Hulk uh, Volkanoski because I used to be 97 kilograms. Yeah, footy Yeah, rugby league player, front rower. So you could imagine that. What am I bloody five foot five? <laughs> so you could imagine. You could imagine that bloody. You know, I'm the smallest featherweight division. You know, I used to be a, a prop. So you could uh, you could imagine what uh what that was like back in them days. You can imagine the lifestyle change and just the the body shapes. Yeah, just crazy. But I mean, yeah, it's just. It was, that's what, so that's where I got the, the Hulk from, sort of. I was always bulky and that aggressive sort of style. And so we just sort of, my first fight, we just threw it out there and said the Hulk is a sort of one, with bulk, like Volkanovski, So yeah. it was just sort of something and it stuck, but I was never really happy, especially when I, once I started dropping down the, the divisions. I was like, oh yeah, I was, it was something that <laughs> was just there. That's why I used it. Yeah. And I, I started taking a liking to Alexander the Great, like, sort of, obviously with the heritage. And, just things like things like that and i just thought you know my ufc debut so a lot of people thought um well did ufc tell me to change it which it was nothing like that i could have kept it but yeah i mean there's that many hulks out there and they actually you know most of them are big heavyweights so you could imagine they they actually deserve that name so (laughs) i end up uh, making the decision to change it on my ufc debut which you know if i waited after that it would have been too late so that was a that was the time I had to do it. So I made the decision and yeah, most people took a liking to it.
0: So I don't mind. Yeah. Just taking back to your footy days because I'm also five foot five and the heaviest I've been and that was pretty muscular. It was probably about 74 kilos and I, I felt big. So I can only imagine what you felt in your, your mid nineties, you know what I mean? But in terms of you <sighs> dropping that weight, was it like a drastic drop down or was it something that you kind of achieved over a, a couple of years time?
1: Yeah, definitely slowly got down to featherweight, but, I mean, as soon as I started fighting, you know, I was 97, and then I got down to, like, 85, and I was fighting at middleweight. My first few fights were at middleweight, which is still massive. Yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, even then, I was like, oh, no, yeah, I thought I, I looked uh, unreal, but I look back at the photos, and I, you know, I still look pretty big. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, man, you, mate, if you see my the photos of me when I was 97, I should send them over to you. My head was massive. I had a massive head. It's crazy. That was one thing that I was worried about. When I dropped the weight, I was thinking, like, how's this, you know, the proportion ain't going to work. I'm going to have this big head and this skinny body, you know. But luckily, (laughs) luckily the head sort of shrunk with it, so it's not too bad. I thought I was going to look like a a lollipop or something like that. It wasn't too bad. But yeah, just coming down was... You know, it's, the lifestyle change has been unreal as well. You know, I feel so much better. I eat a lot better. And, yeah. But it was it was a slow sort of uh, process. But now I, I literally don't think I could get back up to that weight, no matter how hard I try.
0: When you were playing, like, at that size, and I know you are a pretty handy player. You won the Mick Cronin medal in the in the Country Group 7 competition back in 2010. So what style of player? Were you like a bit of a Paul Gallon sort of rocket or...?
1: Yeah, well, I used to love running. I was uh, one of the main runners, I guess you could say. I made like all the rep sides and stuff like that. But, yeah, a lot of people thought I was mad when I made the decision to go to MMA because I used to do pretty good. But, I mean, yeah, I'm not much to really talk myself up, so it's hard me saying that. But, you know, I mean, yeah, as you said, I've got a big corona medal and that sort of speaks for itself. But I was just, yeah, like a, a runner. I used to have like crazy numbers of, of hit-ups. I would I'd do almost every set. I would almost do like two two hit-ups almost every set. Like it was just one of my things I love to run. Jesus. And, yeah, and it was hard to tackle. Me, these little midget legs. I was, <laughs> you know, really, really or small, I won't say midget, sorry, these short legs. Um, yeah, you could, you could imagine, yeah, close to what they say, you know, lower center, center of gravity really helped me with my, my run and it was pretty hard to tackle. So I think that uh, that was a... One of the main things, just uh, run in and quick play the balls.
0: Yeah, are you a Dragons man?
1: Yeah, I am. You have got to go to the local boys. Yeah, um, uh, locally, so I'm from the Illawarra myself. So yeah, definitely.
0: Because you grew up in Shell Harbour, right?
1: Yes, that's it. I'm still still here now. Oh,
0: nice. One of my my best mates' his sister lives down there. It's a beautiful area. And oh yeah, it's, it's unreal. What would you say was the best thing about growing up in Shell Harbour? Oh,
1: uh, just everything. Just uh, I I love it down here. Well, I guess I I a lot of Australia's like that, but I mean, it's, it's got everything. Obviously, I've got a beach every, every minute. There's a different beach. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm right, right along the coast and so many beautiful beaches. And, and then you've got the nice, you know, escarpments just like 10 minutes, you know, that way. You know, it's, I just love, love it all. And, and the people, I get along with everyone over here. And I guess that's all I know, but yeah, you know, I get along with a lot of the, the sort of local uh, community here. So that, that's another big, uh, big plus.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a great community. I remember my best mate, he got married down there as well. And the night before we went out, I think it was called the Glass House or something. It was, it was, it's, <laughs> uh, I'm sure that you've probably got a couple of stories from there, but uh, yeah, it was quite a, an adventure.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah the Glasshouse. So I think that's Mister Crown now. Oh, thank you. I'm almost certain. So yeah, yeah, Glasshouse. I remember that.
0: <laughs> now, Alex, you know, you're pretty new to MMA. It's only been what five or six years, but your rise up the ranks, even before you signed with the UFC, you know, you're one of the pound for pound guys in the Australian. Uh, sorry, the Asian Pacific region. So, in terms of development from your first first days in MMA towards where you are now, what do you think your biggest improvements been?
1: Probably the, the striking and, and grappling purely because before um, I started like MMA, I'd done none of it. So, you know, with wrestling, I wrestled when I was younger. I'd done like a year, I honestly can't remember if it was a year or two, but I ended up winning like, you know, national uh, titles and, and whatnot in wrestling. So I've always had that wrestling base.
0: Yeah.
1: I guess that's one of my plus, uh, you know, one of my really you know, good good things, uh, positive things out of uh, my game would be probably the wrestling but I mean just knowing that I don't know to be honest everything just the way I put it together as well someone that's so new to the sport with the combos into takedowns and the grappling and I really feel like uh, I'm one of the the fighters out there that really put it together really well and that's going to be making it hard for my future opponents
0: yeah are you in a position now where you can concentrate on this as your full-time career or do you have to continue to work at the moment
1: it's definitely starting to become yeah, full time. Well, I went full time, but it's always been sort of hard. You, you need yeah. You to work here and there, but um, you know, right now I'm, I'm still it's still early days in the. You know, so I've only had two fights, so I ain't no superstar yet. But uh, that's the, that's the goal, anyway. You know what I mean? So I want to I want to shoot through these ranks and then start earning some serious money. But there's definitely definitely uh, potential in. Being well off in this sport, you know, if you do everything mm-hmm. right, right, that's that's my goals. You know, I don't want to just, I don't want to just win fights. I want to, you know, I want to entertain. I want to put on a show and and really get a, a big following. And and that's that's what it's all about, really.
0: Yeah. And what was the process like? Like, I know the UFC were looking looking at you for at least twelve months. Like, what was that process? Who who called you up? And you know exactly how did you sign?
1: Yeah. Well, I was pushing for UFC for a couple of years like uh, as you said i'm new to the sport but um so me getting in the U- ufc in five six years is pretty incredible but mm. i was pushing for it a couple of years before i did and you know i had a, a bigger winning streak back then and I, I took out like so many titles in different weight classes so a lot of people were pushing for me i had a few campaigns every time there was a ufc event um in australia or somewhere nearby i was pushing for it and and that that was a uh, pretty hard that that sort of process, just waiting. You know what I mean? Like uh, so many people talking. You know, What's this guy got to do to get in there? And uh, but I mean, you know, finally getting in there was just such a relief. You know, so that's, that's one word that I, I told people: just a relief. Finally, you know, that the two years of push and push and push and everyone pushing for me. Yeah. Finally, just I'm finally in there, and you know, now I knew I knew I was going to get in there eventually. And I was I knew I like I know I can shoot for these ranks pretty quick too. But I just wanted to get in there. Now I'm in there. Now my next goal is uh, get to climb this uh, you know climb the table and, and get this bloody belt around
0: my waist. Guys, we hope you're enjoying the episode with Alex. If you're a UFC or fight fan, I'm sure that you will love the episodes that I did with Mark Hunt and also George Cambosis. But there's something from every something for everyone there, from someone like Robbie Madison to Mark Ocalupo to a little to back to cricket, maybe some Merv Hughes or some Brad Haddon. So check it out. If you haven't yet, check out the episode with Mark Hunt. And here's a little snippet from the episode with Mark.
2: This is something that I like to read. And I'm a four fights, and I read it to a couple of rugby teams. That is something that inspires me that I like to sit down and read. So it's called The Man in the Arena. So I'll read it to you before I go anyway. So Fantastic.
0: it's something
2: how, something how I try to live my life. And why I'm a fighter, and it explains... When I read about it, this, this is just what I feel like all the time, so, and especially after a hard day in office, or after a loss, I lost. so, here we go, it's, it, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the dual deeds can have done any better. The credit belongs to the man who is empty in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives validly, who has become short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who does who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions? Who spends himself in a worthy cause? Who at best knows in the end of the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. So, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know the victory nor defeat. So I like reading that before I go to war and battle and I read it a few times for different other people so that's what actually inspires me to do what, to keep doing what I'm doing and striving to be the best because you know I get asked all the time at parties by people who say Mark I don't know how you can give me a partner there. how can you can do that but well, then I say to the mate I don't know how you can sit in their car for two hours and go to work for someone else and make sh- a, sh- a shitty amount of money I don't know how you can do that you know, That's not how I want to live my life but I'm not a driven soul person and, and I only just say that not to try and you know, to make fun of this thing, this is how I like to try and live my life. A lot of other people should live their own lives, not by judging others, but you know, by trying to achieve their own goals and their own, their own legacy and their own kind of greatness in life. So man, I'm just, that's how
0: I try to find my, myself. So. so yeah, check out the episode there. If you haven't yet, subscribe via iTunes or Stitcher. Please leave me a five-star review. It's the best way for me to keep growing the show. And if you have any guest requests, please send them through at tristan at talkingwithtk.com. But for now, let's get back to the show. Yeah, for sure. But two guys that really are impressing me in combat sports are yourself and then George Cambosis on the boxing side. I see you guys doing very similar things about winning fights, but at the same time, just being an interesting character away from the actual sport as well, and it's something I spoke to uh, the great Frank Shamrock about. So, and he was very much about building a brand and making sure that people know exactly who you are. But at the same time, producing the goods when you actually have to step up. So I see that definitely in yourself and George.
1: Yeah, that's it. One hundred percent. You know, I mean, it's it's a part of the. Like I said, when I say it's, we're entertainers as well, you know what I mean. You got to. You got to build your brand. You know that's one thing that it's no secret now. You know what I mean? Like it's a business. You know we're in a business. You know we're we're athletes as well, but you know we're you know, you're in a business. So realistically, you need to grab that audience how you can. And you know if you really want to be successful, sometimes just fighting isn't enough.
0: You know? Yeah.
1: Put it put it this way. You know setting statements in there, getting knockouts definitely helps a lot. <laughs> but I mean. There's another side of it that you that really can help promote yourself and and get there, and, and that's something that I think everyone's starting to realise. But whether people are you know doing the right things about, it, I don't know. But that's 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 my uh, sort of approach to it. You know, everyone's playing the bad guy nowadays. And, um, I don't know if you're going to touch base on that, but and uh, I'm one of the good guys. So that's uh, something that you know what I mean. You, no one's really doing it. There's a lot of nice guys in the business, but they don't really play the nice guy. So I'm going to play the nice guy and. As I've been telling everyone, you know, I can't really call anyone out. So I'm sort of uh, sitting back waiting for someone to call me out. So, but then after that, you know, it doesn't mean I can't trash talk. I can always bite back. Yeah, for but sure. But I mean, yeah, I, I won't call someone out and be abusive for, for no reason. So I'll let them make the first move.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Alex, it is a pretty stacked featherweight division when you see it from the top to 15. And, you know, is that realistically where you're going to stay or can you get down a little bit lower?
1: Ah, man, it's just, well, as we're talking about with the weight that that I used to be, I I used to, I thought it was impossible to make featherweight, you know what I mean, just purely, but I'm pretty, I don't know what they they say, big bone, don't I don't know. For some reason, I'm so short, but I'm heavy, you know Mm. what I mean? A lot of people look at me and say I'm a small featherweight, which I I am. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if you talk weight-wise, I guarantee you I fight heavier than most, most of the featherweights. I end up putting on probably 10 kilograms. Over the overnight from oh, the really? way to the fight, yeah, wow. yeah. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like right now, this is the lowest I ever sat. Like I can never sit this low. This is uh, the lightest I've ever been. Like you know, a few weeks after my fight, and that's at seventy three, which is still like you know what I mean. It's still like nine. Oh, yeah, sorry, seven uh, kg out. Because most not people think is crazy, but for 66, me, that's very
0: Six, right? Easy. Yeah, sixty six, which is one forty five in pounds, correct? Yep. Wow, well, to get down to that. Even then, when you think about where you've come from, that's, that's quite big. And I think you taking your time is, is a good thing as well. When you think about – when you look at someone like Anthony Mundine, he, he played in, what, high 80s, and he had to drop down to mid-70s to fight and then eventually got down to 69 kilos. So he had to do that over a number of years. So maybe taking your time is a good good approach.
1: Yeah, definitely. And as I said, this is the lightest that I've ever been. So Ben away is looking more and more likely. Like to me, be able to actually do it, but I mean, I'm sure it'd be a, a massive weight cut, a lot of preparation to do it, and it's just something that, yeah, you know, I want to fight as regu- regularly as I can. And me in a bantamweight, you know, I'm going to need too much time just to get to that weight. Yeah, and uh, it's just going to be too hard, I think. And I feel very strong at featherweight anyway. I really don't think I need to drop. But as I said, I'm probably heavier than most of the featherweights anyway, and I. I'm definitely strong, stronger than most.
0: Yeah. Are you going to continue to go over to uh, Tiger Muay Thai?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's, um, yeah, I've been there ever since I went um, full-time. I've been going there, like, back and forth. on that freestyle fighting gym here locally, and I will always be there. That's where I'm based out of. But I always uh, make my way to Tiger Muay Thai for my camps, like when I'm getting close to fights and that. It's just, you know, I mean, getting that uh, – Quality training partners, you know, world world class training partners from all around the world. So many different yeah. type of bodies, you know what I mean, and you know skills. and And I'm all about that. I like to train with as many bodies as I can. So even when I'm down here, I'm trying to really just uh, spar and train with as many people as I can. But um, yeah, I'll definitely be heading back there probably before my next fight as well.
0: Yeah, is there a big difference between the training in Australia and Thailand? Just purely um,
1: Thailand, just. The numbers you get, yeah. it's just uh, crazy. You know, there's not a session out there where you won't get, you know, at least 20 professional, you know, quality uh, uh, training partners. Where, don't get me wrong, you get plenty of that here, but it's just not as uh, regularly. You know what I mean? You might get one or two pros in your class or sometimes even none, you get me? So you'll never have that in Thailand, which I think is is very good. You know, it helps a lot, just knowing that you're always getting that quality uh, competitive training.
0: Yeah, can we get insights into just your typical week? I always like to pick different fighters. I went to Rob Whitaker's house last year, and the amount he trains—it's—it's it's testament to him, and it's no doubt really paying off now. He's got his title fight and things like that. But how many times a day do you train there, Alex?
1: Yeah, man, it's it's yeah, crazy the the amount of I guess a lot of the MMA fighters. But well, I do when I'm here locally in in Australia, a uh, freestyle uh, freestyle Fighting Gym. I'm usually doing like me and my coach will train every morning. I might be doing a, some strength and conditioning in the morning as well. So anywhere from three to four sessions a day. And um, in Thailand, I'll, I'll definitely do the same. So, yeah. But, I mean, that can vary. So a lot of times that your average day will probably be three and then, uh, yeah, maybe four uh, here and there a couple of days a week. But when I'm in Thailand, I do you know pretty four probably sessions uh, pretty consistently almost every day. Wow,
0: that's, that's pretty impressive.
1: Six days a week. We'll get the one-day rest. We need that rest.
0: <laughs> well, champions, that's a champion's mindset, isn't it, bud?
1: Oh, it's, it's got to be done. That's exactly right. <laughs> Who are you, you got to train smart at the same time. When, when I'm saying I'm doing these sessions, not every single one is me just going absolutely crazy. And You know what I mean? There's People got to know the difference between quality training and then just training. So where some people get it wrong, they think the more sessions they do and the harder they go, the fitter they're going to get. But I mean, if they give it, 70, 80% in, in half their sessions, it's just not good enough. Where I like to, yeah. I'll do a couple of technique sessions so I'm fresh mm-hmm. for, say, wrestling and I can give wrestling 100% and that's when you really, you know, you don't teach yourself bad habits. If I'm going to shoot, I'm going to shoot hard rather than, oh, I'm tired and then half-ass and takedowns and then you get sprawled on and you end up getting injured as well. So I'm all about uh, training smart as well.
0: Yeah. Alex, you're a young father. Has that changed your mentality into how you approach both life and the octagon?
1: 100%. Yeah, that was a, you know, I've always been a committed type of guy. Like, I've always been committed to the sport, but just knowing that now I have to do it for my family. That's a, it's one huge thing and it motivates me, uh, a lot. So every time I, you know, feel like I'm oh, a bit sore or, you know, I don't really want to get training or, or something like that. Yeah. I think, you know, now I just, I have to. Like, I don't, it's, you know, I feel guilty if I don't. So uh, I really believe that the motivation, having a family, gives you is yeah it's incredible and mate that's why i'm expecting to do big things because i know i have to and i definitely got the tools to do it
0: yeah you, well it sounds like you definitely found your wife for fighting yes definitely all right just a few different insights into your preparation for a fight 15 minutes before a fight what exactly are you doing
1: are we yeah, probably still warming up just yeah we're getting close to the walkout by then you know, in UFC, usually they, they get you ready to walk out, you know, probably about 10 minutes before, like just so you're, you're ready and everything's organized and the timing's going well. But man, I'm pretty cashed, believe it or not. I'll have a chat to my coaches and training partners, whoever's with me, and just like how we're having a chat now. Yeah, cool. I honestly don't rev myself up too much. You know, I don't, as, as I said earlier, I'm not one of them real angry guys that, I don't know, try to do the mean mugging looks and stuff like that. It's a sport to me. So I, I like to, be as comfortable as I can, you know what I mean? I spar almost every week, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. I don't want to change that, you know, that's as close to fighting as you're going to get. So me putting myself in a, a total different, you know, position to what I'm used to, I just don't get that, me personally. So I like to stay as uh, calm and, and you know, just uh, head, you know, straight head level sort of, you know what I mean? If you get what I'm trying to say, I just like to yeah. go in there and, and do my thing. Like I said, it's a sport. So I want to be clear-headed. Go out there and, and perform, rather than just a big adrenaline rush and then just swinging. Don't get me wrong; I used to follow that a lot. Uh, <laughs> now, now I am
0: trying to find a lot smarter. Yeah, Alex, is there a bit of a is there a thrill of a knockout in terms of? I know no one wants to intentionally hurt anyone, but in terms of the amount of practice that you practice and practice that you do, when you do get a knockout, what's the feeling like?
1: Ah, uh, it's it, yeah. Look, as as you said, I don't like to hurt people, but. You know, I like to set statements, and to do so, knockouts, you know, definitely get people uh, cheering and people noticing you. So it's something, again, it gives me that relief feeling. So uh, I train my ass off every fight. I want to, you know, I'm more than ready for three, four, three to five rounds every fight. But if I can go out there and knock them out in two seconds and, and know that it's over, I've got the job done, you know you get what I mean? It's
2: yeah. like a
1: relief. So, all right, you know what I mean? I want to get in there and just get it done. You know, I don't, a lot of people... You know, say there, oh yeah, I wanted a tough fight. I never want a tough fight. I want to go out there and, and, you know, walk through my opponents and get ready for the next one. But, uh, yeah, it's just a relief and just, and just knowing, you know, that's, uh, what I wanted. You know, every, every fight I'm, I'm looking for that knockout. Just going out there, you know, I'm telling everyone I'm going to get the knockout first round and then going out and doing it. It just, uh, yeah, really, really adds to that, uh, adds to that win.
0: Okay. Alex, a couple of personality ones. Do you have a dream fight venue?
1: Dream fight. Probably every UFC fighter is going to say this. Uh, as I said, I'm a I'm a family man, so I want to make that money. And who, who else is going to make McGregor. that money than Conor McGregor? So, you know, I mean, as boring as it is, whether people say that and say they wouldn't want to fight him, that's just silly. If you know there's going to be money in it, of course. we're definitely going to jump at it. So, Ian, mate, wouldn't that be just a thrill, just a... I'd love to be on the other end of him just uh, carrying on and I'd, I'd, I'd honestly laugh. It would not get to me at all. I'd probably enjoy it be like, oh man, this is unreal. Will but uh, yeah, it'd be, be a good feeling.
0: Yeah. And have you got, have you visions maybe fighting at a mecca like Las Vegas or Madison Square Garden?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely in the future. So definitely thinking about that. Like I said, I'm not a cocky type of person, but I'm definitely confident in what I can do. And I believe I will be there. I'm going to be in these big fights, and I want that title. Like I'm looking at that title. You know what I mean? I'm not just happy to be in the UFC. I want to be at the top, so that's something that I've always said. Being in the UFC is not good enough. I want some more gold. I've, I've had a, a few uh, national titles in different weights, and there's just one more, uh, one more belt missing.
0: Yeah, chase the dream, my man. All right. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to take you back to your childhood. What posters did you have on your wall growing up?
1: Posters, Man, you know, I, was, I wouldn't say I was a boring kid. I don't think I was a boring kid, but I don't know if you've ever watched that show Room Raiders where they used to go into the, to the room and, like, they used to pick, uh, like, say there was a three guys and the girl had to, this is a way off subject, but anyway, <laughs> they used to <laughs> they used to, got to pick one of the guys purely for their room. I used to think to myself, man, if someone had to go in my room I don't think I'm boring as fuck. They would not even want me one bit. Honestly, I had nothing in my room, so I, I couldn't tell you. But, you know, if I had to have a poster, you know, maybe Chuck Liddell. I've always been a massive fan of Chuck Liddell. So um, I can't really remember, to be honest. I don't think I had any. Pretty boring, isn't
0: it? <laughs> All right. I'll let you unboring boring yourself a little bit here. My well, next one I'm going to take you back to now. You're going to be hosting a private dinner party. You've got five invites. Only rules, no family or friends, but it can be anyone dead or alive. Who do you want to invite?
1: Oh, all right. Well, you already said Conor McGregor. We will get Conor McGregor there.
2: <laughs> we'll
1: get we'll get Mayweather. We'll get Mayweather there, so they can, you know, well, I get a pre-show of the the uh, press conference. You know, yeah. but, uh, I don't know. Great, That'll right. be entertaining. I'm looking forward to that. Who else? Another three. You uh, put me on the spot here, mate. You can come along. Thanks, I'll brother. Let you come along, mate. You know what I mean. So I'm allowed no family and friends. No
0: family or friends.
1: Oh, mate, they're going to hate me for that. But um, who else? Uh, Crocodile Dundee, maybe?
0: Yeah,
2: nice.
1: <laughs> he'll be funny. Uh, hey? He'll be funny, eh? Yeah, that'll be pretty good. Oh, man, I'm trying to think. I don't know, man. One more. One more, one more. Let's just throw Bruce Lee in there. Oh. Yeah, a bit of all. a mixture.
0: Yeah, he'll snap kick us all. Yeah. Alex, before I let you leave, just a couple of uh, fight predictions if you can. Uh, our boy, yeah. Rob Whitaker, Joel Romero. How do you think he's going to
1: go? I think uh, Rob Whitaker can get it done. Uh, I believe that um, he's got a gas tank too. Rob is uh, fit. His takedown defense is unbelievably yeah. good. And I believe that's going to be enough. You know, Romero's just a, a beast as well. Like, he can finish a fight like that. But um, I know. Rob Whittaker's got this awkward pressure that I believe that might get – I can see him winning. I honestly can. A lot of people might just say that because, you know, they want to support their, their local yeah. – you know, their locals and stuff. But I really can see him winning. I think he's going to gas um, yeah. Re- Romero out and he's going to get the win.
0: Yeah, I, I just think that Rob's just had a great lead up into the fight in terms of – I don't think he's been thrown – if he got thrown into the cage against Joel this time last year, it might be a problem. But he's step up yeah. in fights – He's taken a little step up, step up, step up. And I think he's now at a point where he's actually passed Romero. So I think he'll he's going to win like you said. I think his ground defence is awesome. And his stand up striking second to
1: none. Yeah, exactly. And then the confidence goes a long way. And him doing what he's doing to these high-level guys, some of the best in the world, going through them like that, you know what I mean? It really does help with performing. You, know? I mean, you don't really worry too much about the other, other person when you're confident. You go there and do your thing, and I believe if he sticks to his game plan and not too worried about you know getting caught with something, and puts the pressure that like he has been in his last couple of fights, I think he's coming away with win.
0: Yeah, definitely. And Connor and Mayweather, we may as well talk about it. We know, <laughs> we, know we know Floyd's going to win, but will Connor win around?
1: Look, I don't know if he could uh, win a round, but I mean I I do believe he can get the knockout. Like you know what I mean? I don't Punch's even chance, even guess, if he so. does. Even if he does get the knockout, he's probably still losing that round. But look, as you said, yeah, we, we um almost hundred percent Mayweather's going to win. But people saying that McGregor has not a chance in hell with you know it's a fight, man. Like punch his chance, MMA, right? boxing punches chance. It's how many times do we have to see it for us to you know believe it? It's it's crazy and just the awkwardness This is what I've been telling people: the awkwardness of. Him fighting a MMA, you know, it's, this is the MMA fighter trying to look for that one punch. He's had yeah. boxers looking for the one punch, but boxers, you know, still stick to basics. They don't want to get hit when they're looking for that punch. Yeah. And if you're if you're trying to dodge punches punches while trying to hit Mayweather, you, he's going to win that, you know, almost every 100%, time. But yeah. Conor McGregor isn't going to care about getting hit. He's going to literally walk through him. He's got a good chin. And he's going to just try and land that big, big punch. So as soon as Mayweather commits to a punch, I believe, Connor's throwing one straight back at him, even if he eats one himself.
0: Yeah. And does the Pac-Man horn fight tomorrow? Does that interest you at all?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll be watching that
0: 100%. What do you think of Jeff Similar situation where he's a great boxer, but, you know, man, the best of the best, you know, and obviously he's got to punch his chance.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I mean, you never know. Like, it's – I don't want to say do I think uh, Pacquiao's uh, – you know, getting a bit, a bit older now and, and you never know, but sometimes you just see yeah, it's just not there. Who knows how he's been training? You know, he's probably been training and staying really fit and yeah. doing well, but sometimes a, a bit of a break can really on um, these aged fighters can really make a, a big difference to how they, um, you know, future hold, what the future holds from. So you could go out there and you could see the horn even outclassing him maybe just mm. purely through just, he's just out of his time. Young, talented, Guy going against, you know, an old, more of an old time, yeah, I probably wouldn't say he's too old, but I mean, you never know. I'm going out there, look, I think a Pacquiao will win, but I'm rooting for the locals.
0: Yeah, but it must give you motivation as well in terms of, you know, you've got a young guy who's winning fights, but at the same time, he's fighting one of the greatest of all time, so you don't know. Next week, you might get a call to fight someone just as great. You just never know, do you?
1: Yeah, you never never know.
0: That would be unreal, man. I would love that. Hopefully, I've just uh, visioned that for you, buddy.
1: Yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
0: Before I let you leave, I want everyone following Alex on Facebook. He's at Alex Volkanovsky on Twitter. You can also – he's pretty active on that, so get behind him. He's Alex Volkanovsky, or you can find him online at www.alexvolkanovskymma.com. Have I covered those?
1: Yes, Facebook, uh, my like page is Alexander the Great Volkanovsky, so just give that a like.
0: Make sure everyone gets behind him. I think he's one of the real rising stars of Australian MMA. Alex, thanks for stopping by talking with TK. Let's get you back on next fight, my man.
1: No worries at all. Thanks for having me.
0: Guys, we hope you enjoyed the episode with Alex Volkanovsky. Please, if you really enjoyed it, share it with your family and friends on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and tag me on any posts. I'm at Tristan Connell across all social medias. If you want to get in touch with me, best way is email tristan at talkingwithtk.com. Please come in for a chat or you know any guest requests or any feedback you have on the show. I would love to hear from him. But we've got another cracking episode next week. We should have Carmichael Hunt and also Kieran Perkins making appearances on the show so stay tuned for them and also Matt Rogers should be dropping by talking with TK as well so if you're into if you're into your sports a bit of a multi sort of rugby rugby league swimming there but I'm sure that I'll get plenty of fighters on if you're a big UFC fan down the track but until next time I'm Tristan Cannell, and this was Talking With TK